Hello. Hey, Marilyn, how are you? I'm great, Dan. How are you? Pretty good. The buzzing's gone. Oh, why'd you get buzzing? I don't know. There's some, some cord was over a power supply or something. Mm-hmm. Get that <clears> I'm pretty sure my AT&T phone uh, causes problems. Nobody believes me. Everybody thinks I'm like some kind of conspiracy nut or something. But <laughs> if I have my phone near my doll... It uh, or whatever it's called, you know the yeah. the, the interface thing. Yeah, doll, doll. doll. It causes problems for me. Oh. You know they like to make fun of the old man. Oh, he hears buzzing in his doll. He's <laughs> <laughs> buzzing my doll. <laughs> One of the great Robert Johnson songs. Well, <laughs> in the doll. Anyways, uh, it's another. Uh, you know, it's a cold day here. We're having some weather, as you like to What's say. What's going on? Oh boy, it got Ooh. down here with the freezing. Really. Yeah, we're not we're not wired for that here. No way, heck no. Mm-mm. Well, nobody is really. <sighs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like living in Florida. Living in Florida, man, you just you just you know what to expect. Yeah, but you never really can be ready for Florida. No. <laughs> mm. <laughs> How are things in your neck of the woods? They're okay. Well, I don't know. I don't really have much to report this time. It's everything's right. okay. I, I prefer it that way, to be Let's honest. this up. Um. <laughs> Well, we have some follow-up. Um, boy, I thought I was ready to see the picture of the lady in the sauna suit. I guess I'd forgotten about the picture of the lady in the sauna suit that we yeah. agreed would be the show art for last yes, week. Yes, yes. But when it popped up in Overcast, I made this noise. Ah! <laughs> it was very, very upsetting to me, Dan. Yeah. I think I'm not the only person who was not expecting the, the crawling away sauna lady with the ankle tattoo. Your horcrux, <laughs> as it were. Hmm? She was your horcrux. We were uh, we were in a hotel over the weekend, and you and uh, me? HBO, huh? We were. Oh, sorry. <clears throat> Three, two. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, you know, like that. Those, those uh, you I know, memory wiping drugs work really well because. <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> There's definitely not a roofie in this, Dan. Uh, we, uh, my family and I, were in a hotel room, and uh, HBO was showing uh, all the Harry Potters. Oh yes. So we were watching some Harry Potter. Yeah, well, you, you, get, you get there and you're like, why are we? Why do we even leave home? We should have just, you know, we can't go anywhere now. The whole trip is just going to be in this hotel room. We've got to watch. I mean, the gig economy has created room service all the time now. You know, you can have people come over. You can have them do stuff for you. Um, but uh, what do we watch? We watched, uh, oh, oh, oh. And it was one of those, uh, it was like an AT&T cable system that actually would let you like record shows. It was that rare boutique hotel experience where it didn't start up with a channel about the hotel. Oh, it was just regular, but like you could record it. So when we went out for the day, we uh, said, Hey, record, um, record, uh, not ask band the one after record, uh, goblet of fire, which is my daughter's favorite. Mm. And, uh, but then we got home and then we had to finish the marathon, uh, by watching the Horcrux movies. Boy, no spoilers, but I'm still processing a lot of what happens in the last half of the last movie. It's very upsetting. Oh, it, it is. And the book is even more upsetting. I'm, I forget if you read them or not. No, but. no. My wife, my, uh, my lady and my daughter read that. That was their project. I've never read the books. Oh, you yeah, it's very, books are, very upsetting. The books are great. And I'll tell you what. Like, it starts out, apparently, the author, J.K. Rowling, reports that she had the entire plot line of all of the books in her mind when she started writing the first one. And I, wow. I mean, I, I wonder, you know, how fully thought through it was, but there is continuity across all the books. But the feeling of the first book, especially because the characters are young in the book, you, you, it, they feel it has a youthful feel. It feels 
I won't say it's a child's book, but it is no, no, but, a but younger like, book, you know? I feel like there's – maybe it's because of how I think about the directors and the production values and everything. But I feel like there's – this is hard to nail. But I feel like there's kind of three eras with the movies at least that I think kind of reflects the books where they each one, especially starting with the third one, especially, especially with the fourth one, definitely start getting darker. Right. Oh, Where it's very like much. You've got you've got like the first two are, are mostly kid ish, but good. I mean, I I think they're delightful. I love the first two movies, the Chris Columbus ones. But then you get to um, Azkaban, th- up to let's say Azkaban, Goblet of Fire, maybe Order of the Phoenix, but sometime Order of the Phoenix or Half Blood Prince, it gets it takes a, a turn. The production values are like through the roof. But God, it's so freaking dark. You know what I mean? And, yeah, and really, really, who's running is. that place? Who is running that place? <laughs> I know. No, it does. I mean, it does get dark, especially the last. You know, the last, especially oh, the last couple. Doing books. the thing with the photographs, it's like, yeah. oh my God! But you know, who really? I mean, what kind of waivers did those parents? Now I'm just doing stand up. But like, you know, even in let's say, let's even say, especially Goblet of Fire. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm always mentally imagining the letter you have to write. To like, uh, was it not maybe like Cho Chang, or you got you got to write to uh, Fleur's parents and go like, oh, you know, just so you know, your yeah. younger daughter was made into a water zombie, and uh, <laughs> sorry about how that worked out, but you know, it's like they say, it's like the NRA says, it's the price of freedom. But then, okay, so let me get this right. <laughs> yeah. So you get to you get to year seven, and you know my trick about remembering. You remember you remember my trick about remembering which is which. I have a system. I can send you the markdown table for this. The first movie starts. Oh yeah, I remember this. Yeah, when Harry is eleven. The last movie, the seventh, well, the seventh book, seventh series, is when he's seventeen. So you can always know what year it is. It's nineteen ninety one when he's eleven for the first year, and then you just add a year for each one. So it's really easy. The fourth movie is when he's fourteen, and that's nineteen ninety four. This makes it very easy to remember. So let me get this straight. There's been this big scare about what's going on. Is he back? Is he not back? Things are going terribly, terribly wrong. Let's send the kids off to Hogwarts. I'm sure that'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, in the book, they address that, and there are there are actually a lot of parents that, like that my don't, wife thinks don't it's send because them they back. thought they'd be safe there. In some ways, yeah, and and uh, uh, but they this is this is a conversation that happens in the book. There's a lot of kids that are their parents are not specifically not sending them back, and they're so that's right. I mean, I you know you gonna send your Hufflepuffer back back to that place. Practicing, practicing the Cruciatus curse on the first years. La la la. <laughs> it's a good, it's a good, a good uh, series of books. I oh. still think back, and we've been reading the Percy Jackson ones. Oh my gosh, she's reading that right now. Which one? She's got the first one, and then she discovered that the person who wrote Percy Jackson also has another very, very, very thick book that she's reading right now. But are you enjoying the books? I thought the movie was. Mm. I never seen the movie and we're intentionally not watching the movie until okay. after we've read all of the books because That's a there's very good practice with Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh yeah, I don't I don't like that movie. I'm so I'm I'm like wow. most people that I know do like the movie and I I read that book back maybe in college time. I read it when I was I read I I blew through especially the first two books mm-hmm. when I was 13 or 14. 
And just that was so. I mean, that's like alongside, understandably, I guess. It must have been, been before right around college because I played Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy on the computer, and it was probably oh, after Infocom game. Yes, or it was? yes, yeah, so I had that. Zork, and then Hitchhiker's Leather Guide. Goddesses of Phobos. Yes, <laughs> and so I, I think I must have read it sometime not too long after that. But the movie was just. Ugh. Oh my goodness! Well, you know, to me, so Douglas Adams, he's he's an interesting fella. I mean. So he wrote those books. He was a writer and script editor on Doctor Who during a really fun time. And he also, I think, in the not entirely great last season of Monty Python, I think he was a writer for at least one sketch and maybe more. So, I mean, that's why I say alongside Monty Python at the time, that was right in my wheelhouse, Hitchhiker's Guide. Oh, yeah. Now, now one thing you can get if you're intrepid is the there's the BBC radio series – but there's also a BBC TV series, which I think cost almost $7 to make. But it's really, really fun. The actors in it are great. It's really, really fun. Now, what about what about uh, Zephod Beeblebrox coming out of uh, the guy from Moon's Neck? Doesn't that seem like a little bit of a shortcut? <laughs> yeah, it has. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. But it's got Snape. Snape is the robot. Is he? Oh, there's a, there's a double connector right there with the Harry Potter. Because oh. you, you, you got Snape is the voice of Marvin. Uh-huh. And you know who plays the robot? Who plays the robot? Uh, Warwick uh, Wicket. The, the, what, what's his name? You know, the guy from all the Harry Potter movies. The, uh, the little person in all the Harry Potter movies. Oh, I know his name. His name is Warwick Davis. Oh, Flit, Flitwick. <clears throat> Flitwick. He's Flitwick. He was not Flitwick He's... in the first one, though, was he? Uh, I'm trying. I get confused. I think they had a different he's, actor for Flit. He's, now I'm gonna look this up. He's Flitwick. He's also uh, the Gringotts guy uh, with the sword. Remember? He's also that. Okay, yeah. And, yeah. and if you watch the extras for the Harry Potter movies, because this is a show about pound sign productivity, uh, you'll learn that he actually has started and runs a talent agency for little people in England. Okay, so in Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone and Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, Warwick Davis portrays Charms Professor Phileas Flitwick mm-hmm. as wizened, silver-bearded, bald, and academically gowned. Is he different from the musical director? The next time Davis portrays Flitwick on screen in Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, the teacher is mustachioed, black-haired, younger man attired in a tailored tuxedo. Something wicked this way comes. Uh, That's such a good movie. Oh, it's such a good movie. Quaron. His name is Quaron. He's the Children of Men guy directed that. Uh, Did you know that? I did not know that. The guy who directed the, the, the best Harry Potter movie also, uh, he's one of those, uh, that great triumvirate of uh, Mexican directors. He did, uh, he also did Children of Men, which is one of the great movies. You love that movie. I love that movie. And it's so dark to watch it now. Oh my God. Such a good movie. It's got Clive Davis. Hello, hello, hello. He's the, uh, he's the driver, right? He's the driver. He's the, the guy. The BMW yeah. driver. Mm, yep, 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 yep. BMW who else is, is that? that his name? The driver? Yeah. Are you thinking of Are you thinking of uh, Ryan Gosling? No. The the. You're thinking of the baby driver. The, no. The driver that. Well, the baby the driver, driver of the was, car in the in the famous uh, shot. Yeah, I think he's the driver. No, wait. He's in the back seat uh, shooting ping pong balls with Julianne Moore. The Jason Statham movies were based off of these BMW driver. Oh, I'm sorry. I misapprehended. Now the other thing is now the lady in the back seat, the midwife. Who's she? The higher, the higher. That's the name of these things. The higher, the, the higher. The back. The the midwife is. Uh, she's. I know who she is. She is. I think is she Aunt Petunia. Or Clive Petunia? Owen. Clive Owen. Clive that's Owen. Aunt Petunia. I think that's. 
no, not Appetunia. Who am I thinking of? I'm thinking of who's the one who blows up in number three. Uh, uh, that's that's Jennifer Saunders. Jennifer from Saunders. French and Saunders from the French and Saunders show in England. Now her partner, French, she's the singing opera lady in number three. So they got French and Saunders both jammed into there. Yeah. Now who's the lady? Aunt? Who's the one who says uh, send him off to the school where he should get beaten? Aunt. Is that Potter. Marge? Marge. Aunt Marge. Aunt yes. Marge. Large Marge. Large Marge. It was a night just like this. <laughs> Marjorie Dursley. Still creepy. Still creepy. Marjorie Dursley, and that is played by. Isn't that isn't that the lady from French and Saunders? I might be confused. Huh? Huh? She's a dog breeder. She's got that little dog Dudley. I feel oh, like Dudley. the Harry Potter movies are to England what JFK is to the United States as far Ooh. as connecting actors to one another. Oh God, yes, and it's, you got uh, <laughs> you also got Walter Frey doing that doing that, that run he does with his knees up in the air. <laughs> <laughs> He's great. It's always funny. He loves that cat. He dances with the cat. Yeah. Then he has to take the uh, take the Slytherins down to the dungeon. Did you know they had a dungeon? They have a lot. They have a lot of rooms. You don't. Well, it's learn a castle. About it's a whole castle. It is a cat. I guess it's it's a you, castle. What complex. castle doesn't have a dungeon? You know what? You're right. What's the, the point of, of a castle? I think that the, the castle is just there to justify having getting a dungeon. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You know? Before like, yeah. the S&M was mainstream. Well, there was a Hotel Hell where they had a, uh, a sex dungeon. Did your family watch Hotel Hell? No. Mm, should, it doesn't hell, sound sure. like we should at this point. Oh, Gordon Ramsay's very upset. He does not like dust and he does not like frozen. Oh, that, that show where he goes and I, yes, I've seen that. Yeah. You, well, you got, you got Hotel Hell. And then you got you got uh, I think Hell's Kitchen is his show. Yes, yeah, like where he, where he goes to Amy's Bakery. Woo. Yeah, well, you so know, anyway, England is is such a small country. There's only a handful of actors in the country. That's correct, and and so they have to be reused for every role. There's 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 eleven male actors <laughs> in the entirety. Of and Hugh the UK, Grant is seven the of Ireland's, them. The Ireland, the Ireland. There there's yes, that's correct. You got you got Walter Frey, uh, you got Bill Nye. Bill Nye, you the science show guy. Eventually. Bill Nye shows up. He's the new fudge. He shows up in number seven. Bill Nye. The new fudge. The new fudge. Cornelius Fudge. He was in love, actually. And uh, he's also he also plays the uh, museum curator in the Vincent and the Doctor episode, because everybody has to be on Doctor. How do you feel about them switching up an actor in a movie? It's, I mean, when you have sequels and you've got... This is a very controversial topic in our house, because I really like... Uh, the actor who take Brian, not Brian Cox. Who's the actor who takes over? Oh my God, this is so embarrassing. Who's Dumbledore in number three and on? Well, not Brian Cox. What's his name? Who am I thinking of? Oh, um, well, uh, there is, um, you got Richard Michael Harris in the Gam- first Gambon. <gasps> Gambon. Right. Who's, who's also, uh, who's also Bean in Fantastic Mr. Fox. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the trailer for that dog movie? <laughs> yes. Holy crap. It looks I, great. It looks really good. I'm the first, dying. The first like, teaser trailer I saw for it, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to like this. And then this, the real trailer that came out, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm all in now. Oh, my God. I even it's, like dogs. Yes. Yes. And uh, so we saw the Black Panther yesterday at uh, Alamo Draft House, and they had the big trailer for that. 
I've seen it like six times, and each time my jaw drops. It just looks so good. And then at the end, it fades off. They say, you know, Isle of Dogs. And then they put up the, the, <laughs> all the people, all the cast of this movie, and it's like, oh, my God. Wes, you've done it. But anyway, I, I, I'm, I'm seeing the uh, Black Panther on this coming weekend. Good, good, good. It was all sold out, so I don't want to deal with crowds. So, uh, no, what we, are you saying? The, we got ours like three or four days early. It was it, Ours was totally sold out. I tried a week early uh, to get them, and it was still you couldn't couldn't get in. Isn't that cool though? Yeah, it's great. It's I amazing. Mean, that's uh, 2018. Like, we should um, before we should at before you touch on that after y- you've seen it. Yeah, I, I I want to. I very much want to. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing this weekend, so we can do it in the, in the next episode. But I I'm, I want to. I worry. I worry it's going to be a little bit of a ladybird where it has been. For, you know, I, I can't talk about any part of this, um, but, you know, it's been so lauded for so many good and totally appropriate reasons that it's hard to manage expectations. Yeah. But I won't say anything more. See, no, I like Lady Bird. I thought Lady Bird was very, very good, but, like, it got pitched as, like, this greatest movie ever. And it's like, man, it was very, very good. Can, that, that can it just talented. be a good movie? Can it just be a good movie? Also, I've been letting my facial hair grow, and um, my daughter wants me to grow a beard long enough that I could wrap it in like a little rubber band and put a charm on it like Dumbledore. Oh, you've got to. This is go with your look 1,000%. I'm not saying I'm going to grow it to my gut, but like I want it to be long enough that I can wrap it in something. Have you ever grown out a beard? Very handsome. Huh? Have you ever grown out a beard? Yes. Um, well, it's now very gray. Yeah, um, I know, I know, I know how that is. But yeah, I had a beard probably 2002, 2003. Mm-hmm. There's probably a photo up on Flickr somewhere. Um, does it no, grow? Would, does it grow in like full? Is it a full beard? It does. Well, I mean, it doesn't grow like your beard grows. Um, but uh, no, it's less patchy than it used to be. I, you know, like like our friend John Roderick says, you know, every man gets the beard that he deserves, <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> John has a beard-shaped face. Beards were his destiny. But I'm not going to be a beard guy. This is mostly an experiment. I'm about to give up on the letting my hair grow thing because it's – I look like I'm wearing a wig on a wig. I had let my hair grow it's – like, It's like someone gave me a wig without knowing anything about – I was received a wig. <laughs> without knowing you or, or what you like. They no, just no, handed no, you a wig. No, like one day a wig arrived from Germany. It said Das Wig. I, I put the wig on, and at the same time, somebody a couple blocks away shot another wig from a cannon. <laughs> it landed on my head, and that's my life now. <laughs> it's really, really bad. It looks like I have a paperback book on my head. It's, it's really a terrible I want to see this. No, no. No, it's bad. It's real, real bad. Well, how long does it take you to grow a beard in? Like, to get where oh, you feel like it'd be the, like a full, a nice full beard, not like a, you know... Like a bushy beard. No, just like a like if someone saw you, they wouldn't think uh, he hasn't shaved oh, right. for a week. It'd be more like he that. Oh, d- who whose order is this? Oh, it's the guy with the beard over there. Mm, okay, mm, I'm gonna say uh, yeah, two months. But like I've been growing it for like a month, and it's kind of like a beard. I li- I'm it's excited. Not, it's not attractive. Hear. I look drawn. No, I look, I look aged. Yeah, well, that's I look wise. You, well. You've earned it. Yeah. You've earned it. And I that's, have. <laughs> I got the scars to show. That's the thing. Is like once. Like I had, I used to go back and forth with beards all the time, starting in like post college, yeah. And and I hadn't grown one for a long time. You can grow a beard so fast. Yeah, it's it's, it's my one talent. It's the one thing I'm exceptionally but it's like good when at. Homer doing. shaves and then it goes whoop, and the muzzle comes <laughs> That's right back. It. That's you. You're muzzle boy. <laughs> it's totally true. And uh, and so I guess it was like uh, a couple years ago, a Thanksgiving. I just got lazy and I didn't 
I didn't shave. And then Christmas that's, that's, came. That's and I, uh, Beard Vember. That's the month when <laughs> right. men are uh, most psychologically prepared to grow a beard. That's right. And I let it grow in. And I'm like, oh, yeah, what the heck? I'll grow a beard in. Once it was in, uh, it there was a lot of gray in it. And I was like, oh, I don't know now. Like, it's, it yeah, used to be your profile black. picture here it on used the to Skype. Be black. And, you look good. Well, you got like a full Groucho Marx mustache you can grow. That's what John Roderick always says. He always talks about because he he claims that his mustache is very weak and it, it is it takes mm-hmm. him. A, I've never paid attention to it, but he says that that part of him the, mm-hmm. of his beard is just super slow to grow and it's not very thick. And that's the thickest part of mine. It's like the mustache is like fearsome. Well, not to make this all about uh, you know uh, the, the the seventh Harry Potter movies. But like that one guy, there's the one guy who's got the beard but no mustache, and you can totally tell the guy at the at the ministry. You know that guy's super sketchy. I don't, not a good I don't look. like the look, but that's a no. that was a popular look, I think, in, with the Amish. Yeah, is that a biblical thing? What was I, the yeah, movie? But it's an Old Testament thing with the guy that that is in Parks and Rec, the um, the really funny guy that has the mustache in that show. Oh, Ron Swanson. Ron Swanson. He was in the actor that uh, was in another movie where he did that. He shaved off. Oh, he just looks so strange mustache. With his mustache. It was so. But he had the rest of his beard. I, know. I didn't even think it was the same guy. I'm like, is it him? Is not- What's happening? I love that guy. I, I mean, <laughs> if you ever get a chance to hear an interview with him, he's such an interesting guy. He's so much like and not like his character, and he's he's a very thoughtful, humane person. He's a very, very cool guy. Nick Offerman. Nick Offerman. Often, often mustachioed. <clears throat> so, uh, we kind of he has, he's got the gray in his beard and he pulls it off. I, I'm trying I'm to, still, I'm I feel like it. I'm still processing a lot of James Potter and Dumbledore related issues. And it's, it's very upsetting to me. I've seen that movie many times and it's still, it's still very upsetting to me. That's all I'm going to say about that. Okay. Yeah, okay, here um, it is, here it is. I found the uh, the yeah. picture. It was Fargo, the Fargo TV show, where he, oh. where I, was it the second season where he was in that? And he- I love the second season. He didn't have the mustache. He just had like the lower Nick. part of his beard in that. Offerman. Uh, it's Fargo. disturbing. I gotta remember that. That's and like, it's, it's him, oh, but yeah, it looks right, like his- right, 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 That's the season with Landry. <laughs> yeah, it's like his- Right. It's like his brother or something. Okay. It's yes, like the whole. It's like uh, you go through the thing, and then you're in the evil, the Star yeah, Trek down, world, upside and, downside. Yeah, yeah, um, yes. This is his face looks very round when he does this. Boy, look at that. He has pretty eyes, doesn't he? Gorgeous eyes. Hmm. Found some productivity, Dan. Uh, you want to tell me about something you like? I can tell you about a new sponsor we've got. It's Molecule. What? Why did I not get one of these, Dan? Did you not get one? I'm loving mine. How am I going to get one? Well, I don't know. Maybe we can get there. They're well, really nice. Okay. Well, tell the people what it is, and I'll tell you why I'm envious that I don't have one, because I need this. All right. I have been struggling with allergies and stuff like that since like late college, maybe my early 20s, and it was... it. it it got to the point where I was like getting shots for allergies for a while, and that just didn't help, and apparently... Um, they have come a long way with treating the air that's in your house or your apartment or your office or whatever. And so a few years ago, my wife found these air purifiers and she got a couple of them and they were, they were pretty expensive and I, th- I thought they were okay, but like I didn't, 
really see a big difference for myself in like allergy relief and, and things like that. And so I'd kind of been like on the lookout for maybe there's something I could do that would be better because you know that there's, there, there's stuff in the air. It could be, you know, dander from your pets. It could be mold. It could be, uh, do you know you how know, much the, skin a person sheds? It's a lot of skin coming off. That's a lot of cells. Yes. I don't even want to talk about it. That's what most dust is. Most dust, dust is skin. Did I you know, know that's, yes. There's a reason Gordon Ramsay is so troubled by the dust. Because it's skin. Yeah. It's someone it's else's skin. But I mean, there's pollen in the air. There's all this stuff. And so here in Austin, I had I had not been having too much trouble with allergies. But then when we moved to Austin, there's this thing they hear that's actually going on right now, this time of year. It's called cedar fever. And, and it affects so many people, people who have never had allergies in their whole life. They're coming here to Austin. They're like, I heard Austin was the third coast. It's going to be great. And they show up here and they're like, why am I miserable in January? Well, because of cedar fever. So like, this is a real thing. It affects a tremendous amount of people. And a lot of people are allergic to their pets and they don't realize it. And their, <sighs> their cats or dogs sleep in the room with them or they sleep in the house. And they're like, I'm having allergies now. And I never used to have them. Well, it's because you can kind of become like overloaded by having an allergy burden in your house. So you don't even realize it. So then when you walk outside and there's Ugh. bare allergen poly, pollen count is low, and you're like, what? It's low. I'm not supposed to be having anything. Right. But you're like slightly allergic to cats and you have a cat and it's not enough on its own. But like you. Could, I didn't I didn't know any of this. Okay. This sounds like a terrible way to live. Anyway, I wish the, there was some kind of solution. Here is the solution. Here's mm-hmm. the thing. It was this this molecule. It's spelled M-O-L-E. K-U-L-E. K-U-L-E. This is an air purifier that goes a step further. It actually destroys the pollutants that are in the air. It was developed by a scientist. His it's son. Like a bug, bug zapper for allergens? I love that. It has, uh, his son had asthma and he was dealing with all these HEPA air purif- purifiers, but they weren't helping the son. They weren't helping his son. So uh, the doc spent 20 years developing a brand new way to completely eliminate and remove indoor air pollutants. And the thing is, it's getting, here's some stats. I've got facts for you. 80% of people living in urban areas that monitor air pollution, they're exposed to air quality that fails to meet the, uh, the who recommendations, world health organization. Mm -hmm. Um, Worse indoor air can be five times worse than outdoor air, according to the EPA. And most of us spend 90% of our time indoors. Okay. So, but uh, this is molecule is different. Unlike a HEPA filter, it destroys indoor air pollutants at a molecular level, hence the name, mm. removes wow. them from the air that you breathe. Uh, and they, they, it gets very technical, but there's something called a, a photoelectrochemical oxidation nanotechnology. Listen, I don't care about any of that. That's fine. Mm. Good, good mm-hmm. on them. What yeah. I care about is you put this thing in, especially like I, I'm going to say my advice, put it in your bedroom. Mm-hmm. And run it there because that's you where you're breathing s- all night long. You're, you you have to breathe time. at night. You got to breathe. So this replaces this. Dude, seven what are you looking for? You look for some kind of air filter that's going to merely, uh, you know, trap and retain the allergens. You don't want that. That's what I've got. I feel like an animal. Seventy-year-old technology is what you're going to find in like a regular HEPA oh filter. This replaces that. This is finally you can destroy the air pollutants at a molecular level. And this is super important for people with asthma incredibly helpful uh, for people with allergies they've done studies on this and and this is dramatic this is a big deal um i'm using this now in the bedroom man and it is so awesome um 
people are con- listen i'm i'm just this is what i'm reading i have a script i'm not reading the script i'm just jumping through it but they are calling us the apple of air purifiers i'm not saying that that's mm-hmm. what people are saying there's words you're gonna mm-hmm. sleep better uh the epa is backing this so it's not just like <sighs> someone invented it anyway we've talked about this a lot a lot of third-party testing in this. This is legit. Yeah, I, still don't, I still don't have one. They should you need one. to get one. These things are get them on the beautiful. Board. I just want to talk about what this thing looks like. Uh, all the HEPA filters that we've gone through and eventually put out at the curb, they're these sort of big, chunky, ugly, yeah. white things. This is not like that. It's like having a washing machine in your bedroom. This is like uh, a, 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 a tube. It's a tall... It's reminiscent of voice-activated technology yes. in its aesthetic. Yes. In a good way. And it's, it's made out of metal. It's got an actual display on top of it so that it's a digital display that tells you what it's doing. There is an app for iOS and Android that uh, connects. You don't have to, but you can connect to this thing over Bluetooth to set it up, and then it gets on your Wi-Fi network at home, so you c- it will actually tell you about the air quality in the room and talk to you about what it's doing if you wanted to know, and you can program it. And I mean, there is so much stuff that this stuff does. It's it is a little brain that actually analyzes the air. And to, here's the thing: this thing really works. It's worked tremendously for me. I'm noticing a huge difference after the, just the first day, and now a week later, like it's night and day different. And uh, one of my friends was just complaining to me. She was saying, oh, man, I don't know what's going on with the allergies. Like, are you feeling it too? I'm like, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. They're going to run. That's their slogan. Molecule. No, I'm not. Mm -hmm. But they're going to have to. Cedar fever? I don't think so. I don't think so. Take a dirt road. So listen, this thing is a high-end piece of equipment. This is is not a small investment. It's a big investment, but it's going to change your whole game up. And if you have asthma or you're suffering with allergies and like it's a real problem, uh, check this thing out, Molecule, M-O-L-E-K-U-L-E. And if you use Molecule.com, if you use a code back to work, you'll get 75 bucks off your first order. Uh, this is a thing that will, it could change the way you sleep. It'll change the way you feel in the day. Even when I'm, I don't, I'm not with it right now at work, it's at home, but I'm feeling better in the day, even though I'm not with it. So mm. th- seriously, Molecule with a K, Molecule.com, 75 bucks off your first order if you use the promo code back to work. Thanks very much to Molecule. Uh, for supporting this show and uh, Grace, can we see about getting a Merlin one of these? See if we can. Grace, gets... all right. Thanks, Molecule. Thanks, Molecule. Buck, buck. I'm telling you, this is a, like this is making yeah. a difference for me. It sounds like you like it. I like it. Okay. It's nice to have a new sponsor. That's the new, feeling. the new fudge. Muzzle boy. Oh, I gotta write that one down. That's good. The new fudge. Right. I got it. I got it on my list. It's the only thing on my list. I got muzzle boy. Um, <clears throat> sauna lady. <clears throat> Did you um did you get did you get um any update on Cash's iPad situation? You talked last week about a situation where this dingling uh, app your son uses, you accidentally wiped out the cloud version, you could not restore it. Have you gotten any help from the BT Dubs Nation? None. On- <laughs> None. <laughs> None. I have not gotten one suggestion, not one follow up, not one person saying, "Dude, that sucks." No feedback from the developer. Nothing. No. So nothing. Either not no a one zip, cares, bupkis, zilch, or no one has any information. Jiminy Christmas 1969. What is going on? How are brother going to get some help? I don't know. <sighs> you know, you, 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 you walked up to the line of naming and shaming. Mm. And I, I feel like you were a gentleman about it. You mm. stopped there. What if we were to escalate this every week? Every week we escalate this. 
Who do I escalate it to? Oh, they'll they'll know. They're going to feel the escalation <laughs> when the BT Devs Nation comes for you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because they're the air they breathe is very pure, and and they have uh, they have a uh, cl- clear hearts, cl- clean hearts. You can't lose. We're going to come after you. Whatever that company's called. What's the na- Dan? What's the name of the company that ruined your child's life? Uh, it, the name of the game is Evil Factory by publisher Nexon. N e x o n Nexon M Inc. Mm, that sounds like a shell corporation. It's a shell corporation. Evil, I've what's evil? What is it evil about? E- evil factory. Evil factory. It's right on the tin. The uh, jackals. The jackals. Help! Help! Dan. Help his son. Yeah. Help! Help! It's Can not an escalate. evil game. You're you're you're. A, it's sort of an eight bit game, and your character is stopping the evil factory. You're you've penetrated the evil factory. Oh, to you stop. penetrated the factory. Yeah. Okay, I see. You want to stop the evil with your penetration. Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. You know, I'm going to say, I'm going to say the word's going to get out about this at M Corp. Like you guys, you guys need to get on this or there might be an escalation. Yeah. Page two. I'm sorry to hear about that. Yeah. I thought I started playing the animal crossing thing and it's, it's really perplexing to me. Oh, I don't, I've never played that. I'm the staying new away from that. fudge. I don't think Cornelius fudge represents the best of the wizarding world. I don't think he has the best interest. Mm-mm. Of wizards, mudbloods, or muggles in mind. Oh, I but got then, a new uh, to do man uh, you know. to do task task to do app. Ooh, what are you using? I don't want to interrupt your what you're saying about. No, fudge. no, no. I, I'll come back to fudge later. Uh, so this is something that I found. Can I see a question. Go ahead, caller. I think ask uh, first time uh, ask a matter. So when Mad Eye Mooney Moody first shows up, <laughs> he's in the rain. <laughs> yes, you see the footstep. Yeah, and then he shows up. He shoots his wand up at the lightning, and then he takes he takes his uh, sip of whatever that is. Mm. And goes like this. At that point, he's already Doctor Who, right? Do we? I think we talked about this once before. When he shows up at Hogwarts, <laughs> yeah. Because the thing is, yeah, Mad he's already is he's already trunk. Doctor Who. Yeah. So he already got in there. Mad Eye's already in a series of trunks, <laughs> right? At yes. that point, and now David Tennant is is Mad Eye. And, and and that's why he does all the unforgivable curses, which is right. something you would not again again. They're literally unforgivable curses. Just because you do it on a spider, that's okay. You no, it's saying? not. I mean, I I would say anything you do to a spider is so fine. the man eye that we see through most of that movie, starting from the time we first see him. Right, it's not him. Okay, Polyjuice Potion. That's right. My daughter realized the greatest thing. What we're we're sitting there watching. We're watching uh, Deathly Hallows Part One in the hotel room. And there's the – it's a, such a fun scene. But you got you got the Weasley brothers. You got Fleur. You got Bill. You got everybody showing up. You got the, you got this guy over here. And say, OK, here's what we're going to do. At all costs, we must protect Harry. So to get from here back to there, we're all going to take Polyjuice Potion and wear a costume so that we all look like Harry Potter. And my daughter said, why don't they drink the Polyjuice Potion and turn into literally anybody but Harry? And I was like, that's really that's a really good idea. The one person who really needs the polyjuice potion is Harry. Harry's the one that should turn into somebody else. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'll make all of them look it, it, it seems like an unnecessary risk to make them all make themselves all into targets if Fred loses an ear. Ugh. Don't you think? Wouldn't that have been smarter? Maybe they could have all been Fleur. Oh, in my dreams. Mm. 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 Butterflies come out, bow buttons. <laughs> Ron likes walking like seeing him walk away. <clears throat> um, Dan, mm-hmm. is there 
Any chance that you have been experimenting with a new application for your productivity tasks? Well, yes, I have. I'm always on a quest to find a nice, simple to do application. And you know, I know that um, that you get pretty decent to do lists with reminders on uh, macOS and Android, uh, not Android, uh, and iOS. Um, you get a pretty good ability to add little notes and lists in the notes application as well, and I, I like that. For a long time, I was using Wonderlist. Wonderlist. Yes. And, um, and I found that, uh, that Wonderlist, for me, um, I felt like it, it, they made some changes to Wonderlist a little while ago, and I felt like it, I don't know, there's something skeuomorphic about it that I don't really like, and, and it mm-hmm. doesn't seem like, I, th- I think they were acquired by was it Microsoft or somebody else? And oh, I, interesting. I feel it was, like it was it, one of the it was one of those rare apps that was pretty simple on the one hand in a good way, but also it was collaborative. Like it seemed like it was collaborative by design. Yeah, I think so. In a way that I thought was I've worked on teams that use that, and it was actually pretty effective. And so I use Trello for all of the uh, task management stuff within the context of like application development or things like that for shows and, and other things. But I feel like that's a little bit more than I need to just quickly, I need to do this thing, like take this thing to the post office or remember to buy more coconut LaCroix or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I am always on the lookout for, um, for one of these simple kind of to-do list management type apps. And the other thing is, it's really, I found useful is for it to be, Cross-platform, web-based, all of that, so that I can open it in a web browser if I want. I can have I'm an app so curious on, on my Mac if I want. I should, could, should I write my prediction on this index card? Or you can just say what it is. Todoist? No, I have tried Todoist, Good. but no. Uh, it, is, Good. it is one called Tick Tick. <gasps> I've never heard of Tick Tick. This is brand new to me, too, until, I guess, you know, a week or so ago. Um, at ticktick.com, I'll add it to the show notes. Show notes, Merlin, are going to be at 5x5.tv slash B2W, boys to women, slash 364. And you, it is, it is uh, free, although you can upgrade to a premium, which I'll tell you about upgrade. in a second. Um, okay. But you can create a, a free account there. You can use it just as a website. Uh, and never install any of the little, apps. It looks kind of like a cross between like Spark and Slack a little bit. Yeah, I, I, I can go along with that. This um, looks clean, though. It's very clean. It's very straightforward. Uh, it, I have not upgraded uh, because I haven't found that I need that just yet. Um, it in, The upgrade includes like a calendar view um, and some some other things that you do. But for me, the regular account has been just fine. Uh, and what I really like about it is that it's it, it does have a very simple design. The design is the same pretty much on all the different platforms. You can add little notes and things like that, little details to the task. You can assign, uh, add comments for yourself if you want. You can have a, um, uh, like, um, 
categories and you can add attachments, you can add sub activities, you can easily duplicate things. It gives you a view where you can look at all the things that are there. You can see the things that are due today because you can associate hmm. due dates with it. There's a little inbox. You can have separate lists. You can view your completed tasks. They don't just go away. You can set things. So it's simple enough, but it's also has just enough features that that keep it i would say interesting the fact that you can do reminders the fact that you can have a little basic calendar view in there you can share your lists which i haven't done apparently there's different themes that i haven't really even experimented with mm-hmm. very much but what's nice is that it's it's exists not just on your device or your computer that it exists up in their cloud on their website so that's really handy if you just need to like log in and look at something if you don't want to deal with an app if your phone isn't handy etc mm-hmm. and you've got multiple reminders you've got priorities you've got things you can do with that are location based when you get it to is a location reminiscent of things it is but i feel like things is kind of a little heavier in a way and this feels very mm-hmm. light um mm-hmm. so a, i just signed up for an account and downloaded it do you, kind of quick question do you know does it work with the siri i don't know if it does that or not but I know that it has Apple Watch compatibility. It works in, in cool. all your browsers. It works uh, iPhone, Android, all that stuff. Okay. Uh, so I made a task. I'm clicking. It's in the inbox. Yeah. All right. See, I'd be oh, curious to see because I know you have different requirements than me. I'd be curious to see if you like this one. Well, um, this actually comes up on a, what I imagine will be a somewhat controversial episode of Reconcilable Differences coming out this week. Reconcilable Differences. Reconcilable Differences coming out this week. Talking about how, like, I have gotten as as great as so many apps are. I really just, I so often just use task paper, uh, task paper formatting. Um, like, I don't use. There's not a task paper official app on iOS, but I just use editorial for that. But you know, the missing piece for me still, without any pokery jiggery, is the Siri part, right? Um, which, even when it's working correctly, is a little bit like using a skill on an Echo. Oh, right, yeah. So you've got to like, there's some extra, you know, flags and attributes you have to add to your command line to get it to go to the right place. Um, but that's the holy grail for me. Uh, the missing piece is an app that's um, as simple as my needs are right now, but also with inbuilt um, Siri integration. Please don't send me suggestions. I'm really, really begging you. I've seen things. Thank you very much. I've seen it. I've seen all the apps. Thank you very much. Except for TickTick, which I'm looking at right now. <laughs> it's a new one. <laughs> this is uh, this is interesting. Let's try. Okay, tell me, tell me what you're what you're liking about it. Well, I like the the the. For me, it's the speed, the simplicity, and the um, the cross platform aspect of it that I can have it on my desktop. I can have it on a phone. I can have it. You know, on uh, on an iPad, wherever I want to go, whenever I want to do, it's it's there, and it's fast. It doesn't overcomplicate things. It's super easy to just add a whole bunch of little items to a list and not think about it, not worry about it. And then, if you want to do something more, it's easy to then go and set a due date or set a priority or set a you know a folder that kind of thing. And I like that. You can, I mean, you can do tags, like you can tag stuff, and then yeah. you can search for it. Not something I'm doing a lot of, but I suppose that would, you know, that would come in kind of handy. Um, I have uh, breaking news, hmm. a two-part breaking news. It, it, um, you can have Siri integration in one of two ways. Well, in two of two ways. Um, Siri integration is available as the inbuilt, you know, uh, 
way to well, let me read what it says instead of trying to parse it. It says here, if enabled, you can add tasks to TickTick via Siri directly, hmm. and the task tasks you created in Apple's Reminders app using Siri also be this is not very well written can also be automatically imported to TickTick. The original tasks and reminders will then be removed. So that's cool. But if you tick it, tick tick it, uh, it says here you got to upgrade to premium. So I will try upgrading to premium as a how much is this annual plan? Yeah, I'll try this. But there's, you know, there's little things that you can do that I found to be kind of handy. Like there's a quick add feature. So I, this is Mac. Anyway, I mean, it probably works on Windows in a different way. But so like it doesn't matter what application you're in. You can do shift command A and that's like quick add. So you oh, can cool. add a task really quickly. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah. There's like um, searching is really, really good. I'm never really thought about searching for old tasks before, but if you have a lot, kind of comes in handy. If you want to insert the date, uh, command D, you want to insert, insert today, command one, tomorrow, command two, little things like that. that oh, just that is cool. Make it for, it's almost a little, not text expander-ish, but it, there's a, just the aspect of not having to type so much yeah. stuff. No, totally, totally, yeah. totally. Okay. Show all logins. All right. I have some. I love the shift command A. That to me was like, okay, I've got to use this now. That's probably my killer feature. It pops up a little window that's similar to the command spacebar spotlight search. Uh, it looks just like that, but you can do shift command A and like, oh, you know, remember to pick this up on the way home. Boom. And it's just now it's on your list. You don't have to like go to the application and launch is it. it and is this a Mac app or are you in the web? Mac yeah. app is what I use oh, to really? do that. Oh, really? Okay, cool. I'll get that too. Yeah, get All that. Right. Get that for sure. Here um, I go again. Yeah. Mac app is good. Okay, tick, tick. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a journey. I don't know. There's something, This is, you know, when I talk about how much I like task paper formatting, it's, it's not even so much that I like task paper formatting. I mean, I do, but it's that I like everything that it's not. Do you know what I mean? It's there's certain kinds of things like you think about here's a, a pretty good example well not a great example but you think about uh, if you get a rental car or you're, you're in an unfamiliar car like time was up into the 90s you get a new car and basically what it came down to your audio system was it either takes cassettes or CDs or nothing but you understood that there's a little hole there if you pop a cassette into there it plays a cassette you pop a CD in there it plays a CD right. My wife has had the car that she has for two years, and I still don't really understand how to use the audio system. I have to remember where things are. Is it under sound? Is it under media? Is it under what? It's like, you know, worse and more diverse, as our friend John Syracuse says. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? Like, you get into a car, and it's almost like you need a tutorial just to understand, like, how to find NPR or how to, you know, get your, uh, you know, uh, USB line in or whatever. It can sometimes be really perplexing. And I think it's kind of like that with, it can be like that with productivity apps. I say this not to, uh, as they say, drag any application or applications, but right. like th- sometimes you just want to get in the pickup, hit the big black button on the AC Delco, and you know have Q105 come on. You know what I'm saying? Like there's something, <laughs> yeah. there's something so beautifully simple about this is the power and volume switch. When it clicks, I know that it's on, and then when I want this station, I hit this button and it comes up. You know. It's or like we talked about last week with TV and how we sort of pine for the days of eh, even the days of 30 cable channels, but you had a cable <laughs> box with a remote that you right. could like really understand right. and like how foreign that is now. And I'm, I'm dealing with stuff on our TV now, like, well, you know, Plex 
Oddly enough, this is so strange, Plex is more dependable on our LG TV app than it is on Apple TV. It tends to crash and hang a lot more on the Apple TV, and i got to remember which remote to get to go and change this. And I, I'm not saying I want to go back to the days of 30 channels, but like there was something beautifully simple about that. My point being that in the absence of needing these layers of complexity and often enough modality, modality is a lot of the problem with this stuff, whether you have different modes to do different things. If your modality is just, I want a piece of paper on a computer, it's nice to find something that'll do that for you with a minimal amount of fiddling. Yeah. Different tasks, I mean, different tools for different tasks, but like, I don't know. I still feel like there's there's still some, there's still room in this space for people to do interesting stuff. Yeah, I mean, you think, you know, a to-do app, like what what could there be to that? And I think it's, that's one of those applications that it's incredibly easy to just to go into it thinking, I'm going to build something simple and straightforward. And then you wind up saying, well, what, you know, what if people wanted to do this and this and this and this? And it, it seems like the, the scope creep on a to-do app is, is really hard to control anyway, because oh, it seems like... shift A, that is so cool. See? Yeah, like Quicksilver. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. All right. That's the killer feature. The other, the other part is something, and this is, this is not about any app or apps or even class of apps, but there's this thing, and this happens often as not, I feel like with Apple stuff, which is like, I sometimes feel like the people who design, program, implement, and test the apps don't use it as much as I do or don't need it to work as much <laughs> right, as I do. Right. They're just building it. They don't need to actually use I it. Don't, I mean, I don't mean to sound like a jerk, but I got a feeling the people who made the Hulu TV app have cable. Like, I don't think they need a TV app to work as much as I need Hulu to work. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you run into that with stuff like, oh, there's all these kinds of crazy things that happen, like, especially with Apple, where people are like, well, how did nobody notice that the HomePod makes a white ring? Well, all the speakers do that. But at the same time, you're like, how long have they been testing this? This has been sitting in people's houses and they never noticed it until consumers found it. And it's like, that's maybe kind of a weird edge case, but like there, there is stuff where I feel like the kind of thing that I want to do a lot, a lot, a lot on this app is not the thing that's like pushed to the front for how I would use this. Right. And you know, there's all these layers of, as, as I say, modality, you know what I mean when I say modality, an extreme example might be VI, right? right. Where you hit escape to move right. between these different modes. Right. To me, the classic example of modality that most people my age will appreciate is when, um, inexpensive digital watches came on the market in the late mid to late seventies. You know, and you could go and get a, get a watch for $14 or $10. You could have this watch. So th- there's this affliction to digital watches that continues through every weather station I buy, every digital clock that I buy, where it's like there's a thing for saying what mode you want to be in, and then there's a thing for changing that thing. So you need, you need to get into a mode. Okay, we're going to get into set the time mode. And then when I'm in set the time mode, I need a way to jump between the different areas. I go from hour, I go to minute, I go to year, right? You with me so far? Mm -hmm. And then there's a do button for going up and down or maybe even up, just up in some cases. And like you think about the complexity of that. Well, in that case, you can live with that because it's something you only need to do hopefully once a year or maybe once ever if you have an atomic clock. But with a digital watch, my, my daughter, we bought my daughter a very inexpensive digital watch a while back. I still, it was really cheap, but it shows analog time and digital time. Of course, I lost the manual, the tiny little, very poorly written manual for it. I still don't, I've tried so many things. I still don't know how to change the digital time on it. 
you change the analog time by pulling out the stem mm-hmm. like you would mm-hmm. and spinning the little wheels around. Right. I still don't know. And you know what else? I, st- I don't know how to turn off the hourly chime. So I wrapped it in two socks and stuck it in a corner <laughs> of her closet and hope that she doesn't realize, because she has a Fitbit now. Hopefully she has forgotten the orange watch that goes beep. Mm. Oh, oh, here's another thing. It's really crappy. So guess what? The beep happens earlier about every three days. <laughs> oh, my God. The hourly chime for the longest time was at 12 minutes to the hour. And then I started noticing it at 13 minutes to the hour. But that, that modality of trying to, if you guys know what I'm talking about here, like anytime you've got to go into modes to do something, sometimes that's extremely necessary. But oftentimes, you know, if it's for setup and stuff, you get that. You go to the preference area. The preference area has tabs. There's modality. I don't know if I'm using the right word, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. But when you're actually trying to do the thing, like that's the last thing you want. I mean, it's like needing a clutch for your clutch. Like there's, and so sometimes you need that and that's important. And like, if you're doing a Bloomberg terminal, that's part of the fun. It's like how complex and difficult it is to use. But like, it sometimes feels like the thing that I, that I feel like I do with an app or a hardware device, the thing that I want to do with that, like all, all, all the time has not been optimized. They have not optimized that device for that. Right. So like, HomePod, which a lot of people really enjoy, it's bananas to me that you can't have multiple alarms or reminders. Not reminders, but multiple, like, alarms. Because mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, I, I, I live in those things. And our, when we're making dinner, I'm constantly doing that with the Echo. You know, and it's kind of optimized for that. It's pretty good at that. And depending on the kind of thing you create, is this, is this a reminder versus is this alar- an alarm? An alarm will pop up on all of your devices and let you know about yeah. it. Anyways... But that's, you know, if you're struggling with the friction of, this comes up so much in this, I think, soon to be controversial episode. But if you're struggling with the friction of your work and the apps that you use to support that and the various mecha suits and infrastructures that you need to inhabit in order to do your work, you know, at a certain point, you got to check yourself before you wreck yourself. Like, how much effort am I putting into trying to change my brain to work with the way this dingus works? Mm. But... So now I'm all in. I'm all in. Use shortcut key to open this input box. Hello. And I type enter. And there it is. Wow. I'm going to try this with, with the, yeah, uh, see, the SIR. Yeah, check back in a week or so. I've been using it for about a week or so, and it's it's been just what I want out of a little to-do app. I had a funny experience um, where I bought Twitterific for Mac, I guess, a pretty long time ago. Yeah. Because I was like, I, and so I I'd, um, updated it on my, ador- my MacBook Adorable, <laughs> but then I was here at my work computer, and I said, open up Twitterific, and it opened up, and I was like, huh, huh, it, hmm, it looks very Scott Forstall. <laughs> this is very, it's got like bevels and stuff and trending topics and like, ah, ah what is this? And of course, I was using a copy from 2013 because I had not updated <laughs> That's great. But the new Twitterific is pretty awesome. I have not tried it yet, but I've heard that from... You're like the third, fourth person to tell me that in the last couple of days. So, well, you know, well, that's um, because they killed Twitter. Killed the. Uh, that's why it came up the, again. The Mac yes. app. That's why they. Yes. They how, you know, I we've said this for a while. I, it's so obvious that Twitter really just wants people to use the website. They don't want you to have an application. They don't even want you to have their own application. This whole thing became obvious when they started limiting. Uh, those authentication tokens, the number of authentication yes, tokens that they that was would a huge, huge signal. Right. So you had apps that were like, uh, sorry, we can't 
have any new customers because Twitter's not giving us any new authentication tokens. And my understanding is one of the ways that they figured out they could get around it was to release a new version of the app, even if the new version of the app had essentially no real new features or just... Oh, that's that's interesting. Right. So the Apple requires that if you come out with a new version that it has to be different. I don't know what substantially different actually translates to. It's like those to. pharmaceutical companies that find a new way to like you know, deliver the same drug, but like with a different delivery mechanism yeah. so they can re-up their patent. Yeah. Oh, right, right. It's the same basic thing to get around this, this Twitter thing. So apparently app developers were or are still doing that. Like that's still prevalent, but that was the first indication that Twitter was like, we really just want you to either use our apps or ideally just please use the website. And that's why whenever a new feature comes out, it hits the website first. And so what they did, right. uh, I guess at the end of last week, maybe it was announced or over the weekend, uh, they basically killed the Mac Twitter client. And yes, there was a Twitter client for Mac. And the way they presented it was so cheesy. How did they do it? Oh, I mean, just from what other people were saying, it sounds like they're basically saying it's the typical kind of like poop sandwich thing where they're like, you know, hey, in order to deliver you deliver this awesome experience right. to you, we, we need to the use best a way to do this. Yeah, right. It's going to be a sweet solution. Um, and it's, I mean, the website I tried. Uh, I, I don't think it's nearly as bad as people say. Yeah, I tried using it exclusively um, a couple months ago where I wasn't, I mean, I don't spend much time on Twitter anymore anyway, but I said, I'm not going to use an app. I'm just going to try using just the website. And I mean, it was, it's fine. It's fine. It's not. If you're used to it, I would say, especially if you're used to a third party experience, it feels very strange. I don't I mean I wouldn't say that I like it but it's clear that they just want people to just use the website. They don't want you to use their app cuz it's gone. They don't want you, and and don't get confused. This was not the uh app Tweety that Lauren Brichter um <laughs> wrote that uh Twitter right. which was by far the best Twitter client I'd ever used. They bought that and then killed it and made it go away and it's obviously yeah. They got bought it because they wanted it to go away, not because they wanted to have an awesome user experience for the Mac. And it's, it's uh, again, confusing because Twitter has a lot of money. They have a lot of employees. I actually visited Twitter a couple of years ago. They have like three cafeterias for all their employees in their building. And they're really nice cafeterias. And the employees are in great abundance. And, you know, like it's... Look at what Lauren Brichter was able to do by himself. Yeah. Uh in, you know, in in his little home office writing just on a Mac. The application kind of invent the whole like bouncy pull down thing. Yes. That yep. That yeah. that now every every device iOS, Android and otherwise uses. I mean, he the rubber banding is that what they yeah, call it? Yeah, I think so. That's Something what I want to call it. That might be a Mario move. <laughs> but sometimes he, it is sometimes Dan it is very difficult to understand not simply what Twitter as a series of individuals is thinking, but like, I don't know, maybe I read too much on the internet, but sometimes it's very difficult to understand what, where Twitter is going with what they're doing. You know, I mean, at least with Facebook, you can understand that they're essentially evil and will do all of these things to do evil things. Oh, and yeah. like, you can take that into account, but like Twitter, I mean, they're uh, unwitting co-conspirators to use a recent term. I, I don't think they, I, I don't know what their plan is. It's very difficult to understand. You know, it's, and I'm, I'm not even, again, I'm somebody, when I'm at work, I'm generally using the website, like to just go look at like, uh, the political Twitter list, Max's Twitter list, but like, you know, it's, it's fine, but like, I don't know. I'm not sure I understand like what, how they're deciding that things are going well right now. 
I don't. Yeah, I don't think that things are going well. I don't think they think that. And I'm not. Are going I'm not well. Honestly, I'm not trying to say that in like a mean or sarca- sarcastic way. It is. It, I'm genuinely uh, aghast, mm-hmm. <laughs> surprised, amazed, curious, confused. Like what? What? I mean, they show up every day and they keep things running. But my goodness. Yeah, and yeah. I've been I mean, taking this away. Just shows that they really don't care about their their at least not their apple users they don't want them to use something that that we like we like native app experiences on the mac and you know hmm. i think we get angry when people take those things away and i don't know i mean it, it seems like if lauren brichter was able to make such an amazing intuitive and fun client uh by himself over a period of a few months you would think twitter with their vast resources could put together a small team of people who could at the very least update their app and keep it in parity with what you get on the website. So it's clear that they just don't want people to have it. It's not that they couldn't do it. I don't, know if, do I don't it. know if it's, I don't, I mean, I don't know if it's quite that, but I, I have, I have something like an Occam's razor for trying to, especially looking at things like um, whether it's startups or, you know, online companies or even like big online companies. I have my Occam's razor is that if there's something that I don't understand about what they're doing, and really, I mean, the things I think I understand are probably wrong. But like I, the question I feel like the question to always ask with things like Facebook and Twitter is what about this decision can be written down to the idea that growth is needed and resources are slim? I feel like I feel like it's I it would I, I guess I could be talked out of this, but I think two things and you know, people always do this with Apple, we're like, oh, you know, Apple, they got all this money. Why don't they just hire all the people? Go read the Mythical Man Month. It is not as simple as it seems to just say, let's go hire enough people so we never make a white ring again. It's really not that simple. You know, it takes nine months to make a baby no matter how many women are on the job. It's, there's complexities to this stuff that mm-hmm. everybody knows. Mm-hmm. But, you know, but if I say to myself, okay, well, they really need to grow and they really need to not spend all of the money. And I think some combination of those two things, artfully applied, explains a lot of decisions. So in that case, okay, let's start with like what they need to grow. Okay, where do they see the greatest opportunities for growth? What, right? Like right. whether that's demographics, technology platform, or however you want to look at it, ge- uh, geography. And then, you know, if something's not going the way we want, like is there a chance that the, the resources they have would not be supporting the area where they've grown as much as they think they will? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to – I mean, I'm with you. I think it's weird too. But don't you think that can partly explain it, that maybe it's not Mac desktop users they see as a growth market for them? Right. I mean, you know, what do they see? Is it is it all mobile? Probably. You know, I mean, I think when people talk about social in 2018 and, and certainly back at least a couple of years, it's, it's all phones really. I mean, Inst- oh, yeah. Instagram famously doesn't even really have – I mean, they they have made a, they have rudim- a domain name. <laughs> yeah, they've made a rudimentary website that now I yeah. think you can add comments. That's why I never. That's why I never took with me. Was it was so frustrating to me to have to use this app to to look at photos seems so crazy to me. And now it's just really normal to people. Yeah, it's really normal to just it's part ev- of the experience. Everything happens on the phone now, and I think that's obviously what Twitter and and if you think about it, um, you know, everyone always has their phone with them, pretty much day and night whereas how often are you in front of your mac running your right. twitter client you know i mean there's people yeah. who are doing that at work sure but i don't know i i think i think their focus has to be on mobile but the twitter app on mobile is garbage doesn't matter what platform it's on it is the worst it's the worst 
Yeah, it's weird. It's, I'm sorry, you know, if we have the developers of the app listening, because, but I remember I met with some of those guys when I visited Twitter a few years ago, and I said, guys, like, can you just add this one little thing to the app? And and all of them just kind of looked in. They said, oh, we really want to. We really would like to, but we can't because, you know, they're like, you need to think, and I, I can appreciate this a little bit more now, having done Fireside for a year or so, what, but what they were saying was like the slightest change that they make to the website or the application, it doesn't affect like a few users. It doesn't affect mm-hmm. hundred thousand users. Like it affects millions and millions of people of all levels of knowledge, expertise, and experience. And so, you know, that one little change to add that one little thing like that could completely derail hundreds of thousands of people. So they're like, we have to be so careful about what we change and how we change it. And, you know, like that could have been part of it too, that they just didn't, didn't find, like you're saying, they didn't find that need to like support that particular group of people, I guess. Right. But I mean, that, that ends up feeling unsatisfactory because it's not emotional. When, yes. when we, when we as consumers and fans and whatever look at these things, we get very emotional about it and try to ascribe intent and value uh, and all that sort of thing to these decisions. When I think sometimes it's a lot unsatisfyingly, I think it's really a lot colder of a calculation than Mm, that. mm -hmm. Right. But I mean, you know, then also, I don't know, I don't want to get into it, but like, there's also that thing I've run into with products inside of companies when I've worked in, in companies or freelance where like, there is this idea that like we can't make this thing too good for everybody. That like there has to be something that's like a weird catch about this. Like this has to be something where we get data. This has to be something where we force them to look at ads. Where like people with a minimum of solutions for for achieving success with their app, and for most people that's making money with it in some form or fashion. Like if you have a minimal number of ways to do that, the first thing. Those folks are going to do whether that's biz dev marketing, whoever the strategic thinkers, the big you know thought leaders inside the company. The first principle that nobody needs to talk about is don't do anything that even threatens to take anything away from our primary metric, right? So if your primary metric is you know um, what is it, MAUs, right? Or like like how many people are using it, how many hours per month. Like there should be a way to get to that. But like the other thing is like if you're seeing our site, you better be seeing our ads and you better right. be seeing our value added features. And we better be this is why I think it's interesting that to not have that app is one reason all these dumb podcast companies want to make these apps is they want that data. Oh yeah. They want to know every single thing you're clicking on and what you did after that. And I guess that has some value now or in the future. But like that's I mean, the Occam's razor for some of this is like, this is the way companies work. It's just that these happen to be tech companies for things that we have a very emotional and personal relationship with. You know, when those things change, it's like missing a tooth. You just, you feel so strange to have this thing not be the way you're used to, but like, they don't think of it that way. And it's not because they're mean and awful. It's because they've got, in this case, shareholders. Right. I was watching a documentary on Netflix. I I wouldn't say I recommend it. Um, it. I think it was called Off the Grid. Um, which is what was supposed to be a documentary about people who are living off the grid, not in the sense of social networks off the grid. I mean that too, but off the grid is an off the power grid. Mm, And, and uh, you know, it's, it's a kind of a weird documentary, but what I liked about it is it's talking about how these people spend a lot of their time doing things that we generally don't spend any time doing, which is figuring out 
Like, how are we going to get water that we need? How are we going to get food that we need? How are we going to, you know, are, is the solar array working right so that we have mm-hmm. power for lights tonight? Um, things like that. It's just, it's very interesting. But the one thing that I kind of took away from watching it was, you know, how, how these people are spending their free time and, and what they think of as their free time. And so much of what we spend um, our free time doing is, you know, we're still on our computers. We're still on our phones. It's tough. If you were sort of an alien that came down and said, okay, show me what you do at work. And like, I'm staring at a screen. Okay. Show me what you do for recreation. And now I'm still staring at a screen. Okay. Show me what you do when you're outside. I'm still staring at a screen, you know, and, and, and I think, you know, there is, we're, we're all doing it. And there's such a fight for, what we're spending that time doing, you know, all of these companies, whether it's Twitter or Facebook or whoever else, Instagram, which I guess is Facebook anyway, they're all competing for that. They're all competing for how we're going to spend our time and doing what. And then, and in each, each of these different screens, whether it's the computer screen, and I think it's less so on the computer screen, although you could argue it's still a lot because we have ads on the web, but you know, it, these these companies are all vying for that attention on the tv there is a war between hulu and netflix and amazon prime and you know right. and 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 on our phones there's a war between twitter and facebook and instagram and you know everywhere you look there are these little wars that are going on uh fighting for that kind of attention fighting to take our attention and and use it uh for their own advertising gains and you know it's the same thing that that happens it's like um now on on Instagram, I see a lot of ads now. For a long time, I didn't see any. Now I see right. a lot. And those ads are things that I have searched for on Amazon or on Google. Like, I know. They're relevant ads, and that's kind of cool. Like after the Eagles won the Super Bowl, um, I was seeing you know ads showing the sweatshirt that I bought. You know what I'm saying? Like, so they're, they're that, very that's targeted. That's the funniest is when you, see, when you see ads for something you just bought. Yeah, like that's 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 so weird. It, like, like the classic on Amazon is like, you bought a garbage can. People who bought this garbage can also bought more garbage cans. It's like really did they? <laughs> right. Is that what they did? <laughs> yeah, but you Supposedly, know, supposedly a lot of people have been. I feel like there's been a lot of hue and cry about that on Instagram, where it's getting more invasive and weird. There's a wonderful article. I forget who wrote it. Probably on Medium, a woman wrote this amazing article. Um, Mainly, I want to say it was almost an excuse just to use these dozens and dozens of screen grabs she had of ads for bras on Instagram, like ads for bras, ads for yoga pants. And basically her her entire day is Instagram has decided that she should see pictures of skinny ladies, boobs and butts all day long. And she's like, what do I have to do to stop seeing these these stick like women in tight pants all day long? And I feel like there's a lot of people, you know, and it's become kind of a a joke or a cottage industry to post like, Oh my God, who does Instagram think I am? Yeah. Like they come up with the craziest ideas of what I would want. You're right though. That is a funny phenomenon. I, I don't know. Like, you you know, know, I mean, it's, 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 I don't mind it in a way, but also it's kind of like, it's, I'm past the point where I, a, a year ago I might've said, well, that's kind of creepy now. Like, well, if I have to see an ad, at least it's something that, it the, the the AI knows that I actually might care about you know um, when you start to feel like it's the same way that I feel like a robot when I can't pass captchas <laughs> where like there's this I don't know what the deal is with this but there's this pair of slipper like shoes yes kind I, of broken stocky looking for people who time, don't like slippers 
Well, God forbid, anytime I'm in an app that is not running my ad blocker, if I'm looking at something in like Nuzzle or on Twitter, I follow a link and these slippers follow me everywhere. And I'm like, what makes you, what I'm trying to, I'm really racking my brain. Is it because I'm obviously a layabout that like you want me to really, really, really get these slippers, but somebody's paying for that. Yeah. Thinking that it's like doing something and all it does is make me mad at slippers. Title. Yeah. Mm, Mad at slippers. Dan, um, did you want to tell me about another thing that you like? Yeah, I would like to tell you about our, our old friends at RX Bar. RX Bar! RX Bar, don't leave home without it. That's mine. They just have to run with that. They're going to yeah. add that's theirs. Whole food protein bars with simple, real ingredients. That's what they're all about. Uh, their bars are made with 100% whole ingredients, and they list what the ingredients are right on the front of the label egg whites dates and nuts it's on the package and then they add a couple other things to it to to give it a distinct flavor depending on what you want maybe they're going to put a little coconut in there maybe there's some chocolate in there maybe they're you know doing some blueberries whatever it is to to come up with a custom flavor but you know that these are all straightforward whole ingredients uh three egg whites two dates six almonds no bs that's their thing and uh and it's these are great great bars they taste really good, but they're not adding sugar to make them taste good. There's no gluten in them. They're not adding soy. They're not adding you know anything extra, no artificial flavors, no preservatives, no fillers, no colors. It's just straight up stuff. And each of the things that they have is, is there for a reason too. The egg whites are there for the protein. The dates hold the thing together. The nuts add a texture and a flavor. And so this works as a good breakfast on the go. It works as a snack that you can have at the office. Uh, you put this thing on your bag when you're going on a on a trip, like I do. Um, it's great for I I use it as a post or a, sometimes a pre workout snack. Uh, this is great, and egg white protein. The reason that they use that is because this is a source of protein that's easy for your body to absorb. Yes, I'm sure there's somebody out there who's allergic to egg white protein, but compare that to the number of people who are like lactose intolerant. A couple of my friends. Um, really love these because they can't have like most protein that you find is like whey protein, which is based on milk protein. Mm-hmm. A lot of people can't digest that. Well, right. this is very easily digestible. So it, it just, it's just great. And I love these things. And I have one after every single workout. I have one anytime that I'm going on a trip. It becomes in many cases a meal replacement for me. And, uh, and I love these things. And, you know, they taste really, really good and they're all natural. And, uh, and here's a special deal. If you go to rxbar.com slash back to work, you'll get 25% off your first order if you use the promo code back to work. So again, rxbar.com slash back to work. Enter the promo code back to work, 25% off your first order. I would recommend they have like a little, uh, a little sampler mm-hmm. box that you can get. And that, that is a great introduction to them. So you can see which ones you like. Sometimes they have like seasonal flavors. Uh, sometimes they, they have other special things that come out, but this is a great way to sort of taste like their best sellers. Uh, you can get family packs of these things. They got kids, they got kid ones. They have a kid's variety they where got the, that, uh, apple cinnamon raisin. You like, that's my favorite one, apple cinnamon mm-hmm. raisin, but they got berry blast. They got chocolate chip. My kids really like these things and they're surprisingly filling surprisingly that is, that is absolutely true you're it's there's certain kinds of foods that i think pack so much power for what they've got in them i'm a big fan as you know of hard-boiled eggs this is another one though you have a couple of these in your backpack just to carry around with you and if you're thinking about oh should i get the pound of chow mein you just eat one of these and sit there for a minute and you're going to feel very satisfied in a good way 
in a very good way. So I like don't leave home without it. Is what they like to say at our export. That's right. I I if you're if you just want to go all in, I like the apple cinnamon. Uh, that's my that's my favorite one, uh, and you can get that as a whole box of twelve. Uh, if you want but if you want to go they have different see they've separated out they've gotten kind of smart over there so they got the regular old sample pack which is their top six flavors that's got peanut butter chocolate sea salt blueberry peanut butter chocolate coconut chocolate and uh they've got a berry in there but if if you're like 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 merlin if you're really into chocolate and it's like the Mm. only thing you want to eat they have a chocolate pack which is just the chocolate sea salt chocolate chip that's coconut chocolate and peanut butter chocolate and you can try those i mean whatever you want if you if you want my advice just get a box of apple cinnamon you don't need to look any box. further mm-hmm. but uh go check it out it's at rx bar rx slash back to work promo code back to work at checkout to save 25 percent off your first order thank you rx bar thank you rx bar buck, buck. i eat a lot of those things mm. a lot of talk about chocolate and fudge well i have i have a, a, an email that came in um, this was a uh, a guest pitch for the show. Oh yeah. Um, yes. I don't know how many of the replies that you saw, but it's it's writing to tell us about. Uh, I don't know if I I won't even say who it is, but it's somebody who they think would be, uh, she is a tech leadership and career coach, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, the person writing this on her behalf thinks that our listeners would love to hear from her. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's particularly passionate about coaching, mentoring, mindset, hiring, and self-promotion. And, you know, one of our big topics here on the show is self-promotion. That and hiring. Hiring and self-promotion. In fact, uh, you know, I don't don't know if this is the right time to bring it up, but Merlin and I, we've talked about renaming the show uh, Hiring and Self-Promotion with Merlin Mann. Back back to self-promotion. Yeah, but we're not sure about it yet, but we're thinking about it. So you can read my you can read my article about the podcast episode about my survey about the podcast about my article. <laughs> so uh, she ad- addressed it, uh, or he I don't know if it was a man or woman writing on behalf of Jen. Hi Merlin and Dan. So they got that right, and they write this long email, and I wrote them back, Hello. and I just said please please never email us again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm being nice, I'm being direct, mm-hmm. I'm not wasting their time. Please don't email us again. Mm-hmm. And they write back, and um, and they said. Um, Hi, Dan. No problem. I'll assume your response means you do not ever have guest speakers on your show. Uh, hmm. That's uh, an odd, odd thing to assume. Yeah. Morgan, assistant <laughs> to Jen. Mm-hmm. And I said, uh, I said, you kept going. Yeah. I said, see, I, I, I do just do a thing now where I just hit exclamation point. I just, I, I mark those as spam. So I don't see the threads anymore. I said, no, I didn't know you kept at it. I kept at you. I said, we don't. I said, we never have. And we never will. I said, have you ever even listened to the show? Oh, dear. And uh, Morgan wrote back and said, yes, actually. Hmm. And we love the show. Hmm. We on- I, I feel like that just can't be true. Hmm. Uh, we honestly had no way of knowing you would never have a guest on in the future. Hmm. I see that reaching out to connect has somehow upset you. And for that, I apologize. It was wow. just, a, just a friendly email. I'll not Just attempt a friendly to connect email, again. Dan. Why are you so upset? I was so upset. How 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 even would she know that we don't have guests on the show? She's such a fan of. Right, they love the show. They, they love the show. Both that's, of that's them the love the show. They want to have Jen on. Jen, is it Jen? They want to have one. Jen wanted to have Jen on the show. That's they right. love the show, Merlin. They love. She's it. an expert at self promotion. What better way to have our back to self promotion show than having <laughs> Jen, the self promoter, on? Who 
is such a fan of our show where we definitely don't have guests that but i just i i don't understand that the only time we've ever talked about having guests is when we we mock the people who email trying to be a guest on the show so if they love the show they've heard that no, this is a Baghdad Bob type situation for sure. Like this is one of those like you're you're <laughs> we, they're gaslighting Bob. us. We're supposed to feel crazy. Is that a term I know? Do you remember Baghdad Bob? I remember the that's Baghdad a- battery I talked to you about. Oh, oh and he right. got he got um he got a couple <laughs> points knocked off his uh his thing because he failed to restate uh several research questions in his conclusion or something. Hmm. So he still got an A. Hmm. Where there's a will, there's an A. That's pretty good. This first science Baghdad battery project. Mohammed Saeed Al Sahaf. <laughs> oh yeah, is a former Iraqi diplomat and politician. He came to wide prominence around the world during the 2003 invasion of Iraq, during which uh, he was the Iraqi information minister. Um, oh, I remember him. Yeah. Yes, I remember this very well. He was during that time period. He was always on uh, like CNN. Talking I remember how great everything was. Yes, I remember him now. <laughs> yes. Baghdad Bob. Yeah, yeah. This is this is the hyper-normalization we're going through right now, where like that person, like I may, there's a there's a chance the weirdest fact in all of this is that she might actually think that she is the aggrieved party who is doing her best to help us. Mm-hmm. That's that's the part that that actually explains what's happening in a way that is very upsetting to me. Because I have, I have enough shame, <laughs> I have enough shame and enough mm, self awareness to know that if I were saying that, I know it was BS and I'd feel really bad about it. Do you think you're the first person she's ever contacted and lied to like that? I just don't think you need to to lie about it. You don't, but that's what she's done for the job that she has chosen, mm. and she takes a little extra time to now try and make you feel bad about it. Yeah. Bad on you, Dan Benjamin. Right. Look how upset you are. You're right. so upset. Yeah. I felt I felt no emotion when I was writing it, but now in retrospect, I think I might have been upset. You were probably upset. He um he went to the University of Arizona. He got a degree in mining in nineteen sixty eight. Baghdad Bob? Baghdad Bob. Mm-hmm. He's still alive, seventy seven years young. He's, he lives in Hilla, Iraq, he was born in. Huh. <clears throat> so very happy birthday. Very very happy seventy seven. <laughs> right. To Baghdad Bob. Friend of the show friend of the show come on anytime tell us about your self-promotion and pound sign what was her other thing training she's she's passionate about mentoring mentoring and uh, i would be really skeptical skeptical about any adult who's too passionate about mentoring that should be a red flag in a database somewhere is all i'm gonna say about that do they still have that big brother thing they used to do yes have you done that telescreen or the tv show no 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 um like like um Big Brother was this hmm. thing they did back in the like eighties. Like if you didn't have a dad, that they would oh, hook you up with Big a Big Brother, Big Sister. Right? Yeah, do they still do that. It seems like it wouldn't work anymore. Huh? You think the the system's big broken? Brother, Big Sister. Yeah, it's still around. Yeah, you could still choose to be. You could just show up at a playground electively mm-hmm. and say, "I'm your dad now." Right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a kind of public service, you know? Yeah. I'm looking at this. It's still around. You're passionate about mentoring. Yeah. Passionate. Self-promotion. Good for you, Jen. I mean, look how this worked out for her. Yeah. Worked you know? out great. This is mm-hmm. perfect. Mm-hmm. We love the show. 
I want to follow. I'm, I'm letting it go now, but I want to follow. I'm like, oh, you love the show. You? What's your favorite episode? What did you, you know, what was You're your takeaway? <laughs> do you like the part where we talk about comics best, or uh-huh. do you like? She likes know? all the parts, all the great shows. Oh. Big fan. Yeah. Okay. I'll button this up. Yeah. Okay, sure. All right. I love you. Love you too, Marlon, man.